Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Please be seated. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, let me say this. First and foremost, what public holiday is this? So, I, I want to say Happy Workers' Day. But specifically, I'm using it as an opportunity to charge you as workers in the vineyard of God. The Bible says that we are laborers together with God, meaning we must begin to see ourselves as laborers, partners in God's divine agenda. And that's why I found it fitting and I got, you know, the leading of the Spirit to talk in a direction that I'm going to talk in. Listen, I want you to open up your heart. You see, a lot of people have a stereotypical understanding of how the move of the Spirit should be. And wrong expectations will make you miss out on what God is doing. The reason why the Messiah came, walked on the earth, literally lived here 33 and a half years, and the people to whom he was sent did not know it was him, is because they had an incorrect expectation of who the Messiah should be. They expected a politician. They expected an activist. They did not study. Oh fools, he said. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ. Meaning, you see, their expectation was wrong. And so he's correcting it. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things. If you had read, you should have known. Christ was meant to suffer. And to enter his glory. So, wrong expectation will always lead to to disappointment. Please, are you listening to me? You know, and I'm speaking as a prophet because, you see, think about it. Many of the things the prophet said, at least pertaining to salvation in the Old Testament, the people did not understand it. Think about it. So, I think there is a dimension of prophecy that cares less whether people understand or not. There is a dimension of prophecy that is more concerned about God vindicating himself that eventually when it is fulfilled, people will be able to say in retrospect, God already said it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, but it, it, it made no sense at the time. Preaching a sermon and people don't have the discernment of the real importance of what God is going to do. And he says, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. They couldn't discern it. Neither did it enter into the heart of men the things that God has prepared. So, I know that what I'm about to teach on, even if I've talked about it a couple of times, people don't see the true urgency. We don't see it. We don't see it. But you must. And it's my duty to show you. So you see, as a worker of 
God's vineyard. It's also important that you know how to serve God. There is how to serve God. You know, years ago, someone said this. You know, there's a song that says, Shout hallelujah anyhow. Praise God anyhow. You cannot praise God anyhow. There is something called reasonable service. Turn the Bibles, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Everybody read that together. One, two, go. Okay, so there is what is called the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And in verse 1, verse 1 gives you an idea of what he's talking about. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So the reason you must present yourself acceptable is because there is the acceptable will. Do you understand what I'm saying? Meaning, your sincerity is not enough. You must, by learning, find out what is acceptable, what is expected. There is what is expected. There is how to serve the Lord. I've said this time and again. A lot of sincere people found themselves in trouble. You see, this zeal without knowledge killed people in the Old Testament. You don't just, out of enthusiasm, raise an altar, put sacrifice on it, and put fire on it. It can cost your life. There is a type of fire called strange fire. And the Bible tells you what strange fire is. It's the type of fire God did not ask for. Look at Leviticus chapter 10. We'll read from verse 1 to 2. Leviticus chapter 10 from verse 1 to 2. He says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. What made it strange? The fact that it was not commanded. Please, are you listening to me? So because it was not commanded, it was therefore strange. What is this? What are you doing? I didn't ask for this. It was the same mistake that Cain made. Strange fire. You raise an altar, put crops on it, put fire on it. Waste of time. That is not the order. That's not the protocol of atonement sacrifice. There must be blood. Not without blood. The writer of Hebrews makes clear to explain to you. Not without blood. Please, are you listening to me? Not without blood. The protocols. The reason I'm taking my time to explain this is because I have discovered over the years that a lot of Christians do, do not know how to serve God. They don't. In fact, a lot of Christians don't quite get who God is. 
You can tell from the way they pray. The way they command God. If you are God. I'm like, wow. You got nerve. It's because you've not seen him before. <laughs> if the person you are talking to should show up, even the man of God, John, the Bible says he fell as though he was dead. It was as if he, I'm not talking Old Testament. Oh. <laughs> Are you listening to me? He fell as though he were dead. You, there's a way you talk, the angels will know you don't know better. God is God. God is God-centered, committed to his own plan, consistent in his own will. You have to learn this. And when you learn it, oh Jesus, you will align properly. You will understand the posture and the vocabulary of worship. Be it unto me according to your word. That is how to pray. Meaning my prayer is that your prayer will be answered. Do you understand what I'm saying? Be it unto me according to your word. What if more people learn to pray like that? That my prayer, instead of to present prayer points, is to vet my priorities. I am ready to strike them off. God, what do you want? Maybe I have been... Caught up in my own desires. Correct me. Sometimes the best prayer meetings are the prayer meetings without an agenda. So that God will now say to you, separate unto me, Paul. And so Paul, God now gives you the agenda. You came just to minister. Come on, I get what I'm saying. A lot of Christians don't know this. Your prayer list might be hindering your growth. Your prayer list might be a distraction. I've taught you this before. How that Saul thought his problem was a donkey. Ah, oh, God. He thought his problem was a donkey. God, give me a donkey. So, you know, some years ago, I was scrolling through my iPad. And I saw <laughs> expectations. You know, I wrote down expectations. <laughs> and I said, God, I want our church to reach 120 in membership. God must have looked at me and said, huh? <laughs> listen, I've always had a very large heart. It must have been a moment of, listen, the truth is, someone told me, you have to set a goal. That's why, <laughs> that's why I wrote it. I don't do that normally. But say, set a goal. You get what I say? So I set a goal, you know? 120. God must have been embarrassed. Most times, your prayer points are an embarrassment. You don't, you don't even, you, you see, when it says, unto him, hey God, unto him, able to do 
exceeding abundantly above. That is the adjectives for me. Above all you can ask or think. It's too small. We think too small. So sometimes God has to expand our mind, expand our desires. You know, there was a prayer meeting in school I will never forget. The lady who said this thing, she won't even know how what she said shook the core of my being. She just said it, you know. I think it was evangelism conference. And the lady said, some of you are praying that God should give you a job in a bank. You know, she was talking to undergraduates. But do you realize that it is people like you that own banks? You know, so the fact that you can't even picture yourself. Maybe your ambition is, I will work in a bank. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes I have discovered it is better to scatter your plans. <laughs> Just follow God. Let God put in your own, in your heart, his desires. It's a different way to pray. It's a different way. When you ask for rain in the year of the latter rain, there's a different result. Do you understand what I'm saying? When, when you know that this is, oh my, oh God. When, when Daniel understood by books, according to God's timeline, this is what should happen. Then he begins to pray. In line with his understanding of God's own timetable. Oh, not that I am 20-something. I should be married by now. I should have children by... Do you understand what I'm saying? In line with God's own... If you can peep into God's timetable and then pray consistent with that, you will see a dimension of power that is rare. Because many people don't know what I'm telling you. I've learned it years ago. I have stripped myself of desire. I don't even want a big church. <laughs> I don't want anything. I just want to follow God. I am telling you the truth. And I, I think there are some things in my past that can at least show you clues that it is true. If I live a bigger... Look at it now. For the past 18 months, I have not been in the headquarters of our church. Some of you take that for granted. Are you aware not many people can do that? I left the church 2,000 members strong went to pastor 500 people. Maybe, maybe it never dawned on you. Because no pressure, no, you see, I just want to be where God will have me be. You know, if you are studying my profile on Instagram, you will be deceived. You think I like the show. You don't know my heart at all. <laughs> if the Lord says, pack your things. Go to Nasarawa. I would have finished the planning before you hear it. I would have finished the planning.
there is nothing, even the things that are working, that I cannot shut down. I have shut down churches before. Some of you new, newbies don't know. 300 members strong church. Okay, this is our last Sunday here. God bless you. We love you. I've done it at least three times. <laughs> the cloud has moved. Please, are you listening to me? So let's read the terms and conditions again. The operations manual. You know, the same way you do when you buy a phone and you don't read it. Or we do. Some of us never really read the operations manual of salvation. You might have heard me say this before, but I want to drive it home. And it is important for where we are going. So go again, 2 Corinthians 5.15. 2 Corinthians 5.15 Everybody read together loudest again. One, two, go. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth Live unto themselves. So there are people living unto themselves. Ah, are you listening to me? It, meaning if you vet their motivation, all that they seek is the advancement of their own course in life. I just want to be rich, comfortable, you know, and all of that. And those desires in and of themselves are not wrong. But it's just that you have not understood the terms of salvation. That when a master goes, forgive this analogy, to the slave trade mass market and buys a slave. The slave does not say, next year I will do this, next two years. No, you, all your plans are cancelled. Your desires must now align with it. So if someone should ask you, where will you be next year? You say, where my master is. What about in two years' time where my master is? That henceforth. I said there should be a henceforth moment in your life where God defeated all your desires. Scattered all your ambitions. You, I mean, from a child, you have been saying, I want to be a doctor. God now says, you know what? So you have to sit before God and say, you know what? These were my plans in my ignorance. Now I understand that you own me. What is your plan for my life? All the time, his plan for your life will be bigger than your own plan for yourself. Your plan is a gross underestimation of his gifting on your life. You don't even know it. You see, oh Jesus. What I'm telling you is not sacrificial. It's smart. Do you know who God is? He can be trusted. He can. Again. Oh God. If you get this, it will change your life. Henceforth. That you don't live unto you. So, he can command you. Abraham, leave your, your kindred. Go to a place in 
Where? I will show you. Be going. Then you start walking. No map. No direction. Your friends will mock you. God said go. <laughs> Please, are you listening to me? This is the way of life of the people that God used. The men that God used. Just that trust. The vote of confidence. Where God can, not just by his foreknowledge, but by observation. Say, I know Abraham. Uh, I can trust him. If I tell him this one, it will be done. If I tell him, he will do it. Please, are you listening to me? Henceforth. Two henceforth. Do not leave. So, I mean, learning from David, before he goes to any battle, should I go? Should I pursue? Should I overtake? Listen, make this a pattern in your life. It takes a lot of nerve. Just relocate. I think I've traveled a bit. So I can tell you, there is nothing there. Ah, Jesus. Are you listening to me? Only few immigrants are getting it right. The problem is many of us are so used to suffering that just small respites we feel we've arrived. Now you can get a mortgage. Get a car on loan. And you feel your life is settled. Meanwhile, even in the atmosphere, you can tell many of them don't belong there. They, many of these countries, they don't rate you. You know. And then you accuse them of racism. If you hate it so much, why sell yourself cheap? You relocate. You know your only plan is to go and be packing shit. You don't mind. You know it's true. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing you want to do. The same thing they will tell you to do here is say, ew. You don't mind white shit. Listen, in all labor, there is profit. There is dignity in every labor. Somebody must do it. But I'm saying, at least ask God, what is your plan for my life? Do you understand what I'm saying? Ask, be sure. And in whatever you want to do for God, be sure also. It will be arrogance to just, you know, you have had it all planned out. Mm, I'll just do business. Hammer. Then I'll be helping the church. It seems honest. That kind of honesty has put people in trouble. You know, there are some terminologies I use. Let me, let me show you where they are from. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 7. Oh my God, listen. I hope I'm throwing pearls to the right people because this chapter is one of the most life-changing chapters in my life. If you say, 
what are the Bible chapters that made Emmanuel read Emmanuel read? Of course, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Samuel 7. When you hear me say, God is making a name for himself in my life, this is where I got it from. This one, it disarmed me. It made me understand who God is. Please, are you with me? Alright, so background of the story, you know, in verse 1, the Bible says it came to pass where the king was dwelling in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies. You know, so there is this place you are <laughs> when you know you are comfortable. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you know you are comfortable. You know, someone teased me because, ah, should I say this or not? Don't get this wrong. Let me say it this way. There was a time when you have your salary, your goal was to make sure it doesn't finish before the end of the month. There was a time you would try, 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 but 18th. That's finished. I'm letting you know because we have all been there. <laughs> When I did my IT in, yeah, we call them Julius Vega. It's just, it's just big. It's just, they have a big name. But the, this thing was 9,000. They will give you a nylon like this. They will laminate the lino. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm saying. They will laminate it. <laughs> ah, before I gave first fruit that year, ah, even God knew I, ah, <laughs> I say, oh, this thing must touch you the way it's touching me. <laughs> you say, that works. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I worked hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, do I you understand? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, but then the time comes. Food is not a prayer point. Maybe the next prayer point is to get a car. In fact, before car, house rent. Then house rent is not a prayer point with planning, savings. I need a car. Then you get a car. Then maybe God brings you to a point where that's not a prayer point. I need to do a teaching series to prepare people for that point. Many people are not prepared. And God helps you if it should come suddenly. As you are planning everything, all of a sudden you just get a mail on your phone. Your new salary is this, 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 this. this. Uh -huh. Have you received money and you didn't sleep before? Oh God. Don't worry. You don't, you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I think the first time, 2009, I had preached and someone came to me and said, you've been a blessing to me. You know, I just want to give you this gift. I said, thank you. It was just an envelope. What can be in there? You know? So when I went... 
in my room. I opened it. It was pounds. I think 1,500 pounds. Undergraduate. Ah. Say, ah, say, I'm anointed. You don't, you don't, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. After a few seconds of madness, spiritual discipline came said, I won't spend a dime. So I called our treasurer then for the ministry. Okay, yeah, I bought a tie. I bought a tie for the next program. I said, ah, can you do it? <laughs> I said, I bought a tie. They said, ah, you see? <laughs> for the next program, we had a church program. Bought a tie and that was it. Hallelujah. You know, so this was where David was, you know, just feeling blessed. I'm in a palace, beautiful palace. I, I've been giving rest from all my enemies. I'm not, you see, which in the village is not disturbing me, nothing, village people, everybody's, you know. And he was feeling powerful and creative. The Bible says, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, verse 2, See now, I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in tent of curtains. You know, and then Nathan said, Whatever God has put in your heart, do it. Do it. You know, you see, oh my God, this is also very instructive because as a prophet, sometimes you can respond from your head. He already said, Whatever is in your heart, do it. But when he went back in the night, the Lord spoke to him. Ha ha ha. Oh my God. And God spoke like God. It's hard to explain. God. Hey, Jesus. It's hard to explain. There was a day I felt very close to being angry at God years ago. Because we have stereotypical ways we expect God to move. I felt with my grace, if robbers should come to my house, by the time they touched the door like this, they were just magnets. And when I come, they will not say, please, sir, please, sir, please, sir. And I say, say after me, Lord Jesus, I accept you. That's the way I realized it in my mind. <laughs> That's the way I realized it. But one night, you know, and that also is a ministry too because I didn't want to overburden the ministry. So when I was in Abuja, we went to, <laughs> we're living in a bush. If you know, Pape in Abuja, inside. And in the midst of squalor, we're living in a, in a big house. <laughs> so, I mean, logically, it was, <laughs> you know, it's even the mercy of God, it took that long. My wife tapped me. I'm hearing noises. And I checked the window. I saw this man jump over the fence. Yeah, thank God for the boldness of the Lord. You know, because I have wife and two children. I went to meet them at the door. So they broke the door and the first thing they saw was me. And I said, it's okay. 
take whatever you want and go. And he came, took phones, took <laughs> my wife, saved up money, bought the latest Samsung. Seven days after, was when they came. So they took it, iPhone XR. They touched my phone. They didn't faint. <laughs> Touch the iPad, nothing. They carried with all the hot sermons. <laughs> hey, God. So I'm looking at God, looking at them. <laughs> you know, and then when you're thinking from a stereotypical standpoint, you don't see all the other things that God did. They entered no other room. So my wife and children did not see them. They might have been traumatized and scarred forever. But for some reason, they entered only one room, took the devices in that room, went back. You know, I would have, I would have underestimated it. And they took some things now. The same robbers went to the next house. They asked the man to lie down. First gave him some strokes of the game. <laughs> you know? So... Do you know how I discovered? We went to the police to give statement. I was complaining. They stole my phone. The man said, they flogged me. Ah, I said, <laughs> and I said, sorry. <laughs> That's where, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> so, so, sometimes you don't know what God has done for you. You know, it's so ungrateful. So, so the next time I was praying, I was talking, you know. Speaking in tongues with annoyance. And the Lord said, All the things that were stolen, which one of them did you buy with your money? So I didn't think about it. I said, He spoke like God. You get what I mean? So I thought, I didn't think about that before. I checked, ah, okay, the iPad. Boom. He said, Lift your hand, let me replenish you. <laughs> When I was done worshiping, the Lord said, I will drive them to Foley. They will try something bigger than them, and all of them will be caught. And that's what happened. So these Hausa boys went to rob First Bank <laughs> two weeks after, and all of them were caught. But it didn't happen the way I wanted it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It would have been, maybe this story would have been sweeter. <laughs> That maybe I first left them for two days. They were holding. Then I brought food. You must be hungry by now. Open your mouth. <laughs> you know? And I said, ah, this place is dirty. I give them broom. <laughs> As you were. You know, because you think, you st we still think like our idols. The Yoruba is Yoruba movie. Is Babalaho. <laughs> so, I mean, David says, I'm going to build God a house. Big house. And God said to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, you won't build me a house. I mean, look at it. You, it should hit deeper in pigeon. God says the Lord, will you build me a house to dwell in? Like, I know you're rich. 
You're successful. Now you want to build me a house? <laughs> oh, God! I love God. You want to build me a house? It says, wherever I moved, look at verse 7. Wherever I moved about with the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house? Or why did you build me a house? Of he says, oh my God. So implicitly, he reminded David that there were prophets before him. He said, all the prophets before you, which one of them did I complain that you have not built me a house? In other words, you are getting carried away. The success is entering. You don't realize it. Your voice has changed. You are raising shoulders. You may not notice. You know, I say jokingly, it seems like real people develop eye problem. You know, when you call them, hey, remember me from years ago? They squint, man. But you know me, open your eye. You know, you are forgotten. He says, did I complain to anyone that I need a house or that I stay in a house of cedar? Verse 8. Now, therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord, I took you from the sheepfold, from following sheep, and I made you captain of my people. He reminded him where he brought him from. Oh, now you want to build me a house? When you were following sheep, I picked you up. I made you who you are. You better be glad when God reminds you where he brought you from. That's grace. Another person, Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't tell him I picked you from watching sheep. He said, oh, go and join the sheep. <laughs> first eat grass first. Please, are you listening to this? You were watching sheepfold when I made you captain of my people, ruler over Israel. Verse 9, And I have been with you wherever you have gone, cut off all your enemies from before you, and given you a great name, like the name of the great men on the earth, meaning all of that is me. I did that for you. And then verse 10, God now establishes his own priority. He says, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and plant them. Meaning, all these blessings were never about you. I am doing it because I am using you as a vessel for my agenda for Israel. That's why I'm blessing you so much. I will appoint a place for my people Israel and I will plant them that they may dwell in a place that is their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore as previously. Say loud, amen. So that's God's commitment and priority. And then this is the one that just blew me away. Everybody read verse 11 together. One, two, go. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I've caused you to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord tells you, he will make you a house. David said, I want to build you a house. God said, I will build you a house. Now me go build house for you. Ah, I said I love God. God talks like God. This is God talk. And David tells God, 
he wants to build him a house, God replies and says, I will build you a house. And then verse 12, he says, and when your day is fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up a seed after you. You see, he reminded him where he's from and the fact that before him there were prophets. He says, all the prophets before, I didn't tell them I need a house. And he tells him, after you, there will be people. Oh, Jesus. I, I think everyone God is using to read this chapter every year. It's possible you get carried away. Because of hype. Emoji. Ah, you know. <laughs> you, you can become so entitled, you forget. God said, after you, I will raise up a seed. He will continue. You will sleep with your fathers. You, you, I mean, you will do your time and go. That will continue after you. When your time on earth is done, I will still be God. And use other people as I'm using you. Don't get carried away. So I will build you a house. Amen, somebody. The moment David heard that, he received sense instantly. And David replied. He says, who am I? Who is my father? <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm sorry, sir. I know rich. Come on, are you with me? And then David went on praying long prayer. Verse 27. He said, for thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, has revealed to your servant, saying, I will build thee a house. Therefore, had your servant found it in his heart to pray this prayer unto you. This is how to pray. He said, because you said that you are going to do this. That is why I have found the boldness, the confidence to pray this. This is how to pray. I am telling you that there are prayer requests that come from God. When God gives you his own prayer points. Verse 28. And now, O oh Lord, thou art God and your words are true. And you have promised this goodness unto your servant. And then David said, do as you have said. This is how to pray. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. David said, do as you have said. Are you seeing a pattern here? Oh my God. This is how to pray. You learn to pray when you recognize God does not exist for you. <laughs> what Christians don't understand is, in fact, maybe when I said it, before you really thought quickly and understood that what I'm saying is true. Your body did somehow. That's not the toughest thing I will say. Get ready. God does not exist for you. You exist for God. Let me say a bigger one and allow me land. And I will show you in the Bible. Are you ready? God is not on your side. <laughs> I 
God is not on your side. God is God-centered. Committed to his own plan. You must make sure you're on God's side. So a lot of Christians who don't know better, out of their honesty, you know, they just dole out prayer points and they think that the expression of their faith is in getting God to do what they want to do. They have good ideas, but not God ideas. Trying to get God to bless what they are doing instead of doing what God is blessing. And that's the typical teaching of faith. It's wrong. Seeing before you even ask anything, vet the desires. He said he will give you the desires of your heart. He will tell you what to pray. Are you listening to me? Let me show you a text. You might have seen this many times before, but it never dawned on you. Ah, God. This is another God talk. Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. This is going to change your life. Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. The Bible says it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with the sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he says, neither. <laughs> God is not on your side. He said, are you for us or against us? He says, neither. I am come as the commander of the Lord's hosts. I am after my own agenda, my own plan. I'm not, I'm not on, your, on your side. So I should come and line behind you. Line up behind you. Don't you understand? You only represent me. And you represent me as a privilege. You see God, whose side are you on? God? It would have made sense for God to say, calm down, I'm on your side. He didn't say that. I, I am the commander of the Lord's hosts. So you, whose side are you on? Committed to my own plan. Please, are you getting this? This is the biggest secret of power. Listen, the biggest secret of power is not prayer, as important as prayer is. It's not fasting, as important as fasting is. The biggest secret of power is purpose. Hey, my God. <laughs> it's purpose. Prayer is most effective when you find your purpose and pray prayers that are consistent in it. So it is purpose that makes prayer powerful. Otherwise, you make an idol of prayer trying to establish with prayer a counsel that is not God's counsel. You must ask for rain in the year of the latter rain. Please, are you listening to me? And so, the Bible says, <laughs> It is not of he that wills. I know you want it and you are praying for it. It's not of he that wills, nor of he that runs, but of what? God chose mercy. There is something called the election of grace that God's purpose according to election might stand. And the writer of, you know, Romans, the book of Romans, Paul, did such a brilliant job talking about all the patriarchs of faith and the example of grace that God made out of them. So for instance, 
Normally, inheritance will go to the firstborn. A lot of tribes still do that. The biggest inheritance goes to the firstborn. But God wanted to make sure they understand that spiritual inheritance is not by rights. So he says, so that God's purpose according to election might stand. I said, the elder shall save the younger. I have chosen the younger one. I don't hate the younger one, the older one. You know, a lot of people misunderstand where God says, Esau have I loved, Jacob have I hated. Oh, Jacob, I love Israel, I hated. The context is a metaphor. When the Bible says, except you hate your father and mother, do you understand what I'm saying? It's talking about preference for the divine assignment. That statement was context specific. That God's purpose according to election. Listen, it doesn't matter what you are doing well for God. It is not because you pray. Oh, don't get, I know people are healing you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I am telling you the truth before God. As prayerful, and as faithful as I try to be, hey, it is God's election. God called me. My mom is here. She told me when she was carrying my pregnancy, a, a prophet told her, you are carrying a man of God. So, have I started praying that time? So, the secret of Celebration Church is not fine logo or fine venue. Do you understand? It is not of he that wills, nor of he that runs. It is God who shows mercy. I'm doing my own. People are dreaming. Every night, someone dreams. Every night, without fail, someone somewhere in the world will dream. Maybe I'm casting out devils praying for them. You know, a man of God called me in the UK. He said, you know, with due respect, you know, men of God and their ego. So the first time, he thought, he thought it was fluke. The second time, there was a conference. I told him, there were sick people. I said, pray for them. He was praying for them. He was doing it the wrong way. I said, mm-mm, this is how to do it. And I was correct. Mentoring him in the dream. Someone I've not seen in almost 10 years. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? So David said, God is making a name for himself with my life. Sometimes I tell them, it's not me you saw. God just used me. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so, there are people who joined our church because if you, if you, hear, if you hear stories, one day, people were in our sitting room and my, my wife just asked them, how did you join? You just decided to ask everybody. Hear stories. Say, what is going on? One of them said she had been at home praying for a church to attend for a long time and she didn't have any release anywhere. She had friends who were attending this church. She had no release. But in a dream, she was walking on the road and all of a sudden a limousine stopped. And the people inside wound and said, are you going to church? They said, yes, join us. So as she entered the limousine, she saw me in front praying. And the limousine I said, thank God it's limousine. Ah, Lord, Lord, talk to me. Tell me something. <laughs> Even for a dream, I try. Don't dream any nonsense. Come on, tell me. I have car preferences. Even in a dream. <laughs> and the car drove straight to Celebration Church. Because I was praying, I didn't talk to her at all. I just came down and then she 
came and followed everybody. They asked the second person, who, by the way, is here, how did you join the church? She had been an atheist. She saw, oh my God. She saw a mountain and a lot of people were climbing the mountain and from the top of the mountain, she had celebration. So her brother, who is also here, had been praying for her, just came out of nowhere. We bowed and said, you will come to my church this Sunday. He said, what name is, what's the name of the church? She said, Celebration Church. She said, I'm coming. Sir, it's not flyer. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not flyer. If you want to really experience kingdom success, throw away your plan. God, what is that plan? That You see, the Bible says, Paul says, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb? <laughs> so all the times, even the times he was persecuting the church, there was a call on his life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you have done all your rebellion, when you are ready to take this message seriously, you go and ask God, okay, God, forget all the things I said. I've been telling people I want to do cosmetics. I want to do, what do you want me to do? What should I do with my life? And maybe it's a good idea. You have tried, you have been gallivanting, you have wasted your time. At least try this one. Are you not frustrated? It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not talking about pastors. Though. If you have divine kingdom, what they call kingdom. <laughs> a friend of mine was dreaming. He saw a product. He woke up because he knows prophetic dreams. He saw a product. So he told his people, make this thing for me. Make this thing for me. As at that time, when he shared this testimony about three years ago, that product was bringing in, I don't want to tell you price, it will shake, it will shake you. When, at that time, he said, about the same year he got that idea, or months after, he was selling 500 pieces of that product daily. He saw it in the, he had never thought about it before. God gave him a dream. Ah, don't joke. Don't joke. Don't joke. Hey, God. Please, are you listening to me? Oh, someone's life is about to change forever. <laughs> if you align with God, your life will become easy. Do things easy. So now, I want, to, I want to share prophetically God's end time move. Because let me say this. <laughs> Some of you don't, don't take this the wrong way. Some of you, you don't need to pray long. If you see someone who has prophetic templates, you listen and you, you, you just catch wind of God's plan. And you find a way to align yourself. It will preserve your home. I'm telling you. This was the story of Rahab. You see, even many Hebrew people did not, their name did not enter Hebrews 11. And they entered. Because when she heard, God parted the Red Sea. Ha! The story touched her. 
And she knew instantly that must be the true God. Please, are you listening to me? And so, the moment she saw Jews in, Jer in Jericho, she said, ah, I know why you are here. See, let me be on your side. This is, this is how to be on the Lord's side. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just favor them. You know, now, only her family was preserved. I want to announce to you God's end-time prophetic agenda. I will tell you how we have aligned as a ministry. And then I will pray for people. And I've been doing this. This is about the third time I'm going to do it. I will pray again for everyone who is ready to align themselves. Because you see, uh, Jesus, we have a stereotypical perspective of how the Lord moves. What the anointing does. In 1 Corinthians 12, because he listed nine gifts of the Spirit, we think there are nine. Question, what about all the others that are mentioned elsewhere? Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you aware that there are strange dimensions? For instance, even if Samson had a special ass assignment, you know, to protect God's people, that's why he got strength. But one day, if for some reason, the way you used to waka waka, you just find a lion charging towards you. The same anointing that was on David and on Samson, it's not just one person. No. David killed a lion and a bear. That could not have been ordinary. A teenager. Please, are you listening? And he didn't have a big stature. How do I know? Because the prophet did not consider him by stature. He thought he should be earlier by stature. So there was nothing that gave him the persona of someone that can kill lion. It was by the spirit. There are dimensions of the spirit. Listen, two popular dimensions. And I can tell you with all sense of humility, I walk in it. Some of you who have been attending this ministry from the beginning know that I did not used to sing before. True or false? Sometimes, when I receive songs, I'm like, what is this? When I featured on, on the song, Zoe, I just sang the way it was in my spirit. So someone was analyzing musically. He said, the, the way you picked the song and you kept picking up the tempo, I said, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't, the, the, none of the release songs did I write with my hand. I received them, I voice record. That's it. So some of them, maybe I now, by the wisdom of God, adjust, 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 you know, but just that. I know what I'm saying. There are some things I just know about branding, about leadership, about, and I can't tell you which book I read. Think about it. God wants to make the temple. He said, bring a Bezalel, a holy app. I'm going to give them anointing for creativity. The moment the Lord said movies, I started writing scripts. Wait. 
And I'm just like, what is going on? It's almost like there's nothing I can do by the anointing, no? except God doesn't want to do it. And I will do it as well as anybody who has been doing it for decades. It's true. You, you, how can you release debut album and it charted at number three? Not gospel category. National category. With Whiskey. Oh, it's Please, do you get what I'm saying? See, if you were just listening to the song because I'm your pastor, after you would have listened once. You listened again because it was good, right? I am telling you, the place from whence that thing came, there's more room. And God is asking me to tell people, listen, the dimension of the spirit must not be limited to tongues and interpretation. There is creativity such as will be needed in this end time. Listen, watch what I am saying. You begin to see people you knew before in this ministry, their life will change like this. And you know, people will start asking from whence comes this wisdom, this understanding, this influence. You know, there's one of us now in this church. <laughs> so blessed. So Someone told me, he told someone that his first proposal, I was the one who told, taught him how to write it. So, he, so I, I mean, I, I was like, is that true? I thought hard and I remembered, oh, what? I looked at the proposal, ah, this is wrong now. <laughs> you know? This one was not by spiritual gifts, this was just, you know, school. Another one said, I think I gave them a loan. 40k. If you see the men now, <laughs> if you see the men now, it, for it to be hard for me to remember those things happened. It can tell you how much their life has changed. I've seen God change people. I've seen very intelligent people not being able to navigate their way around life. And I've seen average people, some of whom you, you must have been teaching that year how to write proposal. How to, did it, you that know how to write proposal, what have you? What I'm saying is real. Do you believe? Matthew chapter 11 verse 17. I just want to make sure that we are not um, stereotypical. So the Lord said to me, when I was studying Matthew 13, the parable of the sower, he says, this will be the bane of this generation. That even if all the churches have good seed, which they don't, even if all the churches are teaching the word of God faithfully, the result will still not be 100%. Because seed, the, Jesus said, are falling among stony hearts. 
falling amidst thorns. And I have seen it several times before. Because the devil knows that if you train up a child in the way he should go, he will not depart from it. Listen, it's a, it's a spiritual principle, no matter the anointing on the child. So he knows that if I can interfere with the upbringing of that child, introduce things like pornography and all of that. You see, salvation is of the spirit. Renewing the mind is a totally different thing and takes unimaginable discipline. Anybody who has overcome their habit knows what I'm saying. <laughs> it took your life to reset your brain. Do you know what it takes? When I got born again, I didn't watch TV for more than one year. I need, others can watch it. Me, I couldn't dare. Please, are you getting what I'm saying? I needed to reset. So, for a long time, all I would be watching would be maybe sermons on laptop and all of that. But I, I, I'm telling you, there was a full year I didn't see one movie. I needed it. Praise the Lord. That. So the strategies of the devil have not changed. He would tempt people with resources. Even Jesus was not exempt. You want to go to the cross? Look at all the glories of the world. I will give it to you. People face unimaginable temptation in the church. You are serving God faithfully. You know, doing everything. Maybe serving in the choir. And to eat is so difficult. And you, you are a beautiful lady. You have chosen as a child of God not to compromise. People who are uglier than you, I'm sorry you say, are driving big cars and as putting slick captions on Instagram. And you know that it, it won't take you long. Just small compromise, you'll be okay. You, we don't like to talk about these things in the church, but we know it is happening. There are people who are tempted like that. When he says that the word germinates, but it is choked by thorns, it means there are some things in your life that can amper the effectiveness of the word of God in your life. When after Sunday, there is Monday, you remember you have no job, no office to go to. What is happening? He says, if you're not careful, it can choke the word. You will forget all you learned in church. Jesus said that. And so the Lord told me this, and I've said this before, but it's time. Are you ready? There is another parable. In the same Matthew 13 from verse 44. That a man found goodly bells in a field. He did not buy the bells. He bought the field. Come on, are you with me? And the Lord said to me in a very emphatic prophetic voice. He said, buy the field. So the Lord is telling us. The church only knows how to give commentary. See the type of movie they are doing these days. Do, do your own. Are you listening to me? Do your own. Let me tell you something. All of them, they are not more intelligent than us. They are not more gifted than us. There's nothing they have. It is just because 
the church is, is sleeping. That's all. We have the numbers. We have everything. They are the minority. But if you don't do something fast, huh, the way the world is going. I saw a video yesterday. I don't know if there is more to the story, so forgive me if you fact check this, you know. But a young boy, that boy will not be up to seven. He went to school and said that his parents, who are Muslim, told him that it is a sin for a man to marry a man. And so police came to his house. Are you listening to me? And they took him from his parents because they, they said his parents are wrongly indoctrinating him. So they took him from his parents first. He was crying in the video. I just snatched him from his parents, took him to a foster home. That's where the world is going. Are you listening to me? You know, we see these things. When this thing started getting popular years ago, we say, huh, hmm. Hmm. We kept saying, hmm. Now they are, they are taking children from parents. If your child, in some countries now, if your child says he wants to transition and you say no, you will be jailed. Are you aware? I'm, I'm not talking about something they are trying to do. I'm saying you will be five years. Because you think the only expression of the anointing is on the pulpit. Where are the Daniels in our generation? Where are the Josephs in our generation? People that a pagan king can look on and say, a, a, a holy spirit, an excellent spirit is upon you. Better than all the magicians. Do you understand what I'm saying here? An excellent spirit is upon you. God is teaching your hands to war and your fingers to fight. Come on, are you with me? Uh -huh. Not every divine agenda is carried out by preaching. children of Israel had a spiritual agenda with practical steps to take over lands. God said, go. Occup the land God has given you is occupied. Fight for space. Are you listening to me? <laughs> so the Lord told me, he said, apart from the word that I'm giving to you, you know, as a child of God, that Bezalius and Aholiabs are rising, he said, even men of God, a new crop of bivocational men of God are rising. You can notice it's already happening. It's almost as if every man of God is either they are singing or they are doing act or something. It's a move of the spirit, I'm telling you. And God described our fathers as Moses. Moses was a prophet. Moses' own assignment was to tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me. So, 
in this country that was laden with idol worship, there are men of God whose responsibilities was to contend with the land and make sure that there was freedom for Christian expression. That's the assignment. We are in the generation of Joshua. Joshua took the mantle from Moses but was not like Moses. So you have to understand the same anointing and mantle can have different expressions. So you must make sure that you don't have a stereotypical perspective of the anointing and how it should function. What a man of God can do and cannot do. As long as it's in tandem with the precept of God's word, it's not anything that is a... Do you understand what I'm saying? Moses held a rod, Joshua held a sword. Same mantle, different expressions. Joshua had a secular brand, a brand that secular people can identify with. I'm a soldier. If you say I'm a prophet, you do understand what? That's spooky. I'm a soldier. So listen, we are coming to a time, ah, and I'm speaking prophetically because. You don't know how bad things are getting. There are some places you will not be able to trade to 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 trade as a clergy. But being a tent maker will give you access. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are some places they were ready to sentence Paul. That's when Paul remembered, I have dual citizenship. He said, I'm a Roman. They say, Eh? You're a Roman. Leave him alone, leave him alone. Do you understand what I'm saying? If the Lord gives you influence, it is for a reason. God told, uh, the, Mordecai told Esther, he has put you here for such a time as this. He's going to give you the influence, the platform, and this is my charge to you. Number one, open your heart for it. Expand your mind for it. Expand your mind. Expand your mind. What you stand for is easier to sell. You are ashamed to stand for what you believe. To tell someone about Jesus, you are ashamed. And then a boy starts dressing like a girl. You may not agree, but the boldness you is, is commendable. Yeah? Are you listening to me? That's something that should challenge you as a Christian. I should be able to stand for. And not inside the house, so not to take selfie. And dress out, go out, greet people. Do you understand what I'm saying? And fight for it for their own cause. What have you done for God? Please, are you listening to me? What have you done for God? Stand for what you believe in. By the way, just in case there's anybody, you know, who has questions about this, I've answered questions guiding you. Listen. The fact that people seem different doesn't mean that they are better than you. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? The fact that you have never felt an attraction to the same sex does not mean that you are better than people who do because you have all types of things. Maybe you're every other thing. You are tempted. So sinning different doesn't make you better. Please, are you listening to me? So what I'm saying is this. Everyone faces temptations. 
it becomes a different thing when you identify with the temptation and say that's who you are the bible doesn't support that listen even if one day everybody who is teaching this is arrested the standard of the lord stands sure do you understand what i'm saying is is there it was here before us it will be here after us Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.